I didn't. Sister Alicia just put the uh, scriptures um, in the chat. Um, and I will be going that order except for the first scripture and the second one will be flipped. So we'll actually start with Romans uh, 5 and 8 instead of Romans 8 and 28. We'll get to there. But I have a little thought for you today and um, hopefully it's beneficial for some of you and um, it's been something that uh, I've been kind of meditating on for a little bit and this thought actually comes from uh, my son Jay. If you've hung out with Jay for any period of time, he will ask you, what is your name? And if you answer him and you say, and oftentimes if it's me, he'll come up to me, he'll say, Daddy, what's your name? And I would say, sometimes I'll say, you know my name. Or sometimes I might say my name is Daddy. Or sometimes I say my name is Bryce. And if I say Bryce, he says, what's your other name? And I say, what's your next name? And he says, and I'll say, oh, my next name is Trenton. And he says, oh, what's your next name? And sometimes I'll say my next name is Johnson. And then he'll keep going. He'll say, what's your next name? And sometimes I say, I don't have any more names. That's all the names that I have. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the different names that we have, that we get. And I remember um, you, might, um, you might get married and you might change your last name to a different name. Or you might even, uh, um, I don't know about you, but I remember in elementary, um, we were the roadrunners. So they referred to us as the roadrunners. They said, all of you all, we are the roadrunners. And as I moved on to uh, middle school, our mascot was a cougar. And they said, oh, you guys are the cougars. And as I moved on to high school, I was a diamondback. And they said, you guys are all, all of you are the diamondbacks. And I remember uh, uh, when I went to CalArts, they didn't stop there. They said, oh, you're a CalArtian. If you go to CalArts, then you're a CalArtian. And, um, and then I went on and I became a teacher. And they said, you know what, now you've got a teaching credential, you're a teacher. When you graduate from CalArts, you're an artist. And when you get married, you're a husband. And when you have children, you're a father. And, and when you grow up, if you have siblings, you might be a brother or you might be a sister. Um, you might be a friend. However, all of these names and all of these titles are temporary. And what I was thinking about is that God has us all, we are all children of God. And if you maybe you don't care for your name or maybe you don't care for your last name, but you can be a child of God. And that's something that um, is not only good here uh, in this time world, but it's also something that we can take with us to the spiritual world after we pass away. And I want to talk about that a little bit. And I want to dig into the word. And I want us to remember uh, um, if we can take one thing from this uh, uh, message is that God wants your name, uh, um, he wants you to put his name, if you will, after yours. And he wants, he wants all of his children um, to go in his way. He wants, there isn't a, 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 a soul on this planet that, it, that is not a child of God. I want us to remember that. So let us start, like I said, with Romans 5 and 8, if someone can read that. But God commended his love toward us. Amen. Amen. So I want us to re, I want us to understand this a little bit. Um, this is something that you know um, when we think about uh, um, 
um, um, um, God uh, um, uh, dying for our sins and, and sacrificing, even when we don't believe in him, he did it for us. Even when before uh, um, we were even thinking about what right or wrong is, he did this for us. And I think this is so powerful because so many times um, in this world, you can't uh, get something unless you give something. But this is something that he gave and he's not expecting us to repay him for a sacrifice. He's not expecting us to take out a loan against our house and pay him back. <clears throat> He's not expecting us to, to uh, um, save up our, 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 our whatever wealth that we have on this planet and to give it to him. He's not asking for that at all. He's saying, I gave you this gift. Even when you were a sinner, I died for you. Even when you, uh, uh, um, when you started, when you repented and you're living for him, he died for you. I want to be clear that he died for everyone. Let us continue. Now I want to go to Romans 8 uh, um, and 28. Yes. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. So just to recap, we know that he died for us even when we were in sin. But when we, uh, um, um, when we deal at an altar and we ask for forgiveness for sinning, it says that once we do this, that all things work together for good. And what this means, it doesn't mean that everything is good. It means that even the trials, even the temptations ultimately will work out for good. And I want to uh, be clear about this. You know, sometimes uh, um, um, people think that, well, I... I, I started living for God and it seems like it's just been going bad ever since then. It seems like I've had trial after trial. It seems like things are a challenge. Um, it's not saying that it will be easy, but what it's saying is you won't go alone. What it's saying is that when you uh, uh, um, give your life to God, that he will make a path that you can go on. It doesn't say it'll be easy. It doesn't say that you won't be able to do it, but it's going to be a process. It's going to take some, some, some work. So let's go on to Romans uh, 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. Mm -hmm. And he killed... Wait. Oh, wrong one. Sorry. I apologize. It's all right. Romans 12 and 2. Amen. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. This is a really powerful uh, uh, um, scripture because it becomes very clear what he, how God wants us to move through the world. He wants us to be of in the world, but not of the world. We are in this world, but he wants us to, to live differently. He wants us to go about it in a different way. He wants us to, to walk in a way that, um, that will, um, that will um, foster a certain behavior. I think about, um, I remember in elementary school when, when I was a roadrunner, um, our principal, after every assembly, would talk about 
um, how we're supposed to be. He would talk about, well, the roadrunners, we do this. As roadrunners, we do that. And as the roadrunners, we do this. And I don't know if you've ever worked for a company. Sometimes they have a mission statement. And they may say, this is a mission statement. These are the things that, um, that we are, are, are trying to, to live by. This is the rules of our company. If you work for our company, then you are saying that you agree with these things. And, um, and, and sometimes those mission statements have very flowery words. Sometimes they're, 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 they're very heartfelt and they're written really well. And I'm nothing against mission statements. I think they're good. But what I want to bring to us today is that when you're walking with God, you have a mission statement and you have a, a purpose and you have a direction. There's a way in which you can go through the world. And we're going to get into that in Romans 12 and we'll go uh, 9 through 21, but we'll stop um, at different points. So if anyone has that, go right ahead. Through 21. Dissimulation. Dissimulation. Uh, abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good. Amen. Let's stop right there for a second. So this, this scripture may uh, come across as straightforward, and I believe that it is, but I think sometimes we need a reminder that we need to cling to things that are good. We need to cling to those things that are good. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation that maybe in a friend says, you know, I'm going to go do this thing, and in your heart, you know that it's not good. In your heart, you know that you shouldn't be involved with that. What it's saying here is cling to the things that are good. Know that the things are good and go towards that direction. Let's continue. Mm-hmm. One to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Let's stop right there. What it's saying in this scripture is I think about it, um, um, it says that you should, be, you should be friendly with those around you. You should have a, a good countenance, if you will. Um, if anyone works with you, they should know that this person is an approachable person, a person that they can talk to, that's easy to get along with. That's what it's saying here. Let us continue. Mm, this is really powerful. Sometimes in our workplace, we, we have opportunity to, to be uh, uh, involved with different business transactions or, or maybe we're uh, uh, responsible for keeping a budget for a business or whatever the case may be. What it's saying here, that should be done properly. And what it's saying is if we are in a place of power where we are uh, over the different uh, uh, monies for a business or whatever the case may be, you may see a way where you could uh, maybe cheat someone or something and say you shouldn't do that. Even in that context, even though it's not necessarily your money, but the decisions that you make, we should be we should do it uh, uh, um, properly. We should do it fairly and making sure that in business that we are not being a sly, if you will. Let's continue. Rejoicing in hope, patience, patience and tribulation, continuing in sin and prayer. Mm, this is really powerful. Um, you know, how do we be patient in tribulation and continuously in prayer? When I think about this, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been uncomfortable. Sometimes you might be uncomfortable physically. It's hard sometimes to be patient. I don't know if you've ever been sick. Sometimes when I get sick, people know I get a little grumpy sometimes when I'm sick, especially if I have a headache. Sometimes it's easy to get under my skin. And what it's saying here is that we need to be patient in those situations. We shouldn't be quick to anger in those situations. That's something I need to work on. But what it's telling you, 
this is this is part of the mission statement that that when we when we give ourselves to God that we'll be able to do this. Let us continue. Distributing to the necessity of saints, mm -hmm. given to hospitality. Mm, amen. I don't know if you uh, ever gone to someone's house that that has a gift of hospitality. Seems like you go in and they have water for you and they're able to uh, um, take the time to talk to you and they might prepare a meal for you and, and that may not be your skill set, but what it's saying here is that we should be hospitable. We should be hospitable. And when I think about that is um, maybe you don't even have a lot to offer, but if someone's in your space, we should be able to hospitable to them. We should be able to invite them into our space and, and welcome them into our space and make a, a loving space for them. Let's continue. Mm. Bless and curse not. Mm. This is a big one. Bless them that persecute you and curse not. You know, I think about this and um, um, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where it's clear, you know, someone uh, maybe doesn't care for you. Maybe they have it out for you at work or, or maybe uh, um, someone cuts you off on the road. Who knows what it is? But what it's saying is, is that we need to pray for them. We need to bless those that uh, are trying to despitefully harm us in some way. And it's saying here, when I talked about uh, the mission statement of your job, this is part of the mission statement that God wants us to live by, is those that are trying to harm us, that we can pray for them and that we can uh, um, bless them with uh, a prayer. Because what, uh, when we go back to the beginning, we know that God, uh, uh, that Jesus died on a cross for them too. Let's continue. Amen. So I think this is really powerful. Um, I don't know if uh, you've ever seen anyone get excited. Maybe they got a raise or, or maybe they bought a new car or, or just maybe they're excited. There's nothing wrong with being excited with them. No reason to be like, oh, look at them getting all excited about the new car. Nothing wrong with being uh, uh, happy with them. And then you might see someone sad. You might see someone this morning, a loss of a loved one. There's nothing wrong with, with weeping with them and, and meeting them there and being uh, uh, open-minded to be a shoulder that they can lean on. Let us continue. Condescend. Mm. This is really powerful. I think um, if you uh, if you're working with God for any period of time, He's going to bless you. He's going to bless you more than you can comprehend. And when God blesses you, it's very important that we give God the praise and the glory and the honor for it. That we don't think too highly of ourselves than we ought. That we are able to uh, um, be able to realize that, that whatever uh, God has blessed you with, whatever uh, uh, um, wealth you have, whatever intellect you have, whatever physical ability you have, that God gave it to you. To understand that uh, um, you know, someone might come up and, and be like, oh my goodness, um, look, uh, look how well you've done financially. Look how strong you are physically. Look how beautiful you are. Whatever it might be, let us remember that God gave us that. And it's only by God's grace that we continue to have it. Let us continue. Amen. This is powerful because uh, we never know who's watching you, right? 
And uh, you never know uh, uh, who's um, 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 taking notes. And I remember uh, I was in a meeting um, and I was getting a little bit boisterous in the meeting at work. And, and, uh, and after I was done, uh, someone said, oh, I've never seen you get that excited before. And it brought to my head, oh, they're watching me. They're watching my behavior. They know that I don't normally do that. So let us remember that people are watching and, and, and God, uh, you never know what plan God has or what, who he's talking to in any moment or, or what a, a situation uh, that you're dealing with that could be inspiring for someone looking on, saved or unsaved. Uh, uh, maybe they don't even believe that there is a God or maybe they're not sure or maybe they know that there is a God but they're, they're in a low point and they need you to be uh, uh, um, um, following what God wants you to do. You never know. Let us continue. Amen. As much as possible, it says, as it relies in you, live peaceably with all men. What that means is you might think uh, uh, there's someone here uh, in, in your life that you don't see a way that you can live peaceably with them. But it, what, it, what I take from this scripture is we should be trying with all of our might to live peaceably with them, regardless of the outlook, regardless of the political viewpoint. We realize that what he's saying here is uh, 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 um, that you uh, with him, he believes that you can do it, that you can live peaceably with them. And I think about, uh, um, you know, sometimes we like to think that we're in 2022 and we have 2022 issues or 2023 issues or, or whatever year it might be in. But I want us to understand that his word, is, it transcends time and space. And regardless of when we're reading the scripture, whether I'm reading when I'm 85, I'm reading it right now, that we can live peaceably with the people around us because God is with us. Continue. Oh, this is a blessing. This is so powerful. I remember as a child, I really struggled with this scripture. It said, vengeance is mine, uh, saith the Lord. You know, I just thought, man, if that just wasn't there, I could just go get these people back that need to be gotten, I felt. But it says very clearly, it said, vengeance is mine. What that means, and, and I think about it, um, if we're, it's such a beautiful thing that we don't have to worry about getting back anybody. Anyone that's done you wrong, it doesn't matter. You know, sometimes uh, we're going through the world and we're like, man, I, I don't know if you've ever been driving. You see someone make a legal move. Like, I wish a cop was there right there to get them. But guess what? God saw that and understands. No one gets away with anything, no matter what it is. Man, maybe someone steals something from you. They have to live with that on their conscience. And we don't know what God has planned for them in the future. But what we do know, he says right here in the word that vengeance is mine. It is not up to me. It's not up to you to go and get and retaliate in a situation even if you feel completely justified. It is not your problem. That's not your problem. That's not your goal. That's not your design. This is part of that mission statement that God has for us. He says don't worry about it. Don't hold it in your back pocket. Don't hold it in your brain. Don't put it on the back burner. He said get rid of it. Don't think about it at all. Don't think about trying to get that person back. Because one thing we need to remember is God died for him too. Jesus died for him too, or her. Let us continue. Therefore, if I enemy hunger, 
treating him. If you thirst, give him drink. For in thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Amen, amen, amen. It says so clearly here that when we, uh, when we are able to uh, understand this, it says, if your enemy hung, is hungry, feed him. If he thirsts, give him water. When we think about this, this is so powerful because when we understand this and when we live by it, think about those that want to despite, despitefully use you. Think about those that you know have ill will towards you. If you can work around them with love, if you can give them love, you can show them love on a regular basis. What it's saying here is that that can start to, uh, uh, they can start to convict their heart and, and, and the intentions that they have. And so it's so important here. Is what I want to be clear, this is part of the, the mission statement. Let's continue. What verse was that? Okay, let's go to 21 and we'll be done there. Amen. It says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Um, this is so powerful when I think about this, because um, when we look uh, um, um, into our, our society, what it's saying is that there will be evil in the world. There's no doubt. But what it's saying is that we should have enough goodness in our heart, enough goodness in our life that we're cultivating, that we become a generation, uh, a generator of goodness, and that that overwhelms uh, the evil that's happening in your in your in your life, and who knows what it is? It could be a, a toxic toxic friend. It could be a, a a toxic work environment. It could be a, a toxic relationship that you're in. But what it's saying here is that we can overwhelmingly uh, uh, cover that relationship with goodness and with love, and that it can overpower that. Uh, I, I want us to think about this a little bit differently, if we will. I want us to imagine. That love is, is extremely powerful. Sometimes uh, in the English language, we use these flowery, flowery words with love. But I want us to think about word, love is tough. And love is strong. And love is robust. And love can't be pushed over. And that love uh, is contagious. That when someone has it, that someone next to them can't help but realize, this person's showing me love. Like my father used to say, a dog knows when you're showing it love. Let's continue. My last scripture, I think, is Galatians 3 and 28. Amen, amen, amen. This is so powerful. He said uh, in this word here, it doesn't matter if you're a girl, if you're a boy. It doesn't matter if you're, it says, uh, uh, Jew or Greek. And I want to be clear, it doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter if you're in prison or if you're free. He said, we're all one. And I think this is so powerful because oftentimes, uh, I think um, even our humanists, we like to put things in categories. We like to think, oh, um, if, you go, if you go to get a job and you put on there that you've been incarcerated, oftentimes you won't get the job. Oftentimes you might go up somewhere and you fill an application. They want to know if you have a degree. They want to know uh, if you can do this. Sometimes uh, on a job application, they'll say, oh, can you lift 
45 pounds or can you lift uh, 50 pounds or can you do uh, whatever it may be, but you might not be able to lift 55 pounds and you may not have a degree, but I want to be clear that um, it, these things don't matter, that God has a plan and God has a, 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 a love that in, in incorporates all the people, regardless of your race, regardless if you're in prison, regardless if you're free, doesn't matter if you live in a mansion up on a hill, doesn't matter if you have a lot of money in your stocks, it's all inclusive here. I like to remember that because so many times in our humanness, we put things in categories. We put things in boxes. And I want to be clear that, that God doesn't have these boxes. God does not stop by the chains. He's not stopped by the doors. He's not stopped by your income. He's not stopped by any of these things. He realizes that in our humanness, we need to hear this. In our humanness, we need to understand that, that, that God has died for every single soul. It's not a soul that he wants to get away. It's not a soul that he's like, okay, that one can go. He said, no, he died even when we're in sin. He died uh, for uh, uh, our sins. And if we don't have to repay it. We couldn't even if we wanted to. I want to conclude there. And I want us to remember, like I said, um, maybe you like your name. Maybe you love your name. But if you do or if you don't, we're all children of God.